Good morning and welcome to our service this morning on the 22nd of November. We've had a couple of weeks now, just over, of being in our second lockdown and I hope that God is keeping you all safe. It's been a long time since I did my last service then, back in Brighton Road, back in the church when we were all together. And unfortunately these services have had to be online but hopefully it's helped to keep your spirits up. It's uh, difficult when in the middle of things to sometimes feel that we are experiencing God's love for us and that God has a plan for all of us. And today we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians and the chapter where Timothy's been sent out to think about what purpose God has for each and every one of us and how he uses us in that journey. Later we'll hear from Claire Bedford and some of the work that she's doing over in Chad but we're going to start with our call to worship. Psalm 46 verses 1 to 2 God is our shelter and strength, always ready to help in time of trouble, so we will not be afraid. We're going to hear our first song now, where God wants to build his church, for we're building a people of power and I'm making a people of praise that will move through this land in my spirit and will glorify my precious name. Let's sing. Let us sing to our great and glorious King. Men of faith, stand up and sing. Shout to the north, shout to the south. Shout and sing to the east and the west that Jesus is Saviour and Lord of heaven and earth. Let this church fill again with song of our God who reigns on high and in his grace, in his wings, we will fly. Men of faith, stand up and sing.
Give your church the strength to stand up to every battle that it may face. Fill the weak with strength, knowing that when battles are faced on every side, the sacrifice made by you, Lord, on the cross gives us strength to go out. For the conqueror has risen. Let the Spirit come and put strength in every stride, that when we go forth, we know that we will face every hurdle with you by our side. Let us run with faith to win the prize of this good and humble servant, faithful walking with you. O church, arise and put your armour on. Hear the call of Christ our captain. Let's sing.
not really a big fan of ladders. We all have to use them, you know. Sometimes you have to go up, clear gutters. Another thing I'm not particularly a big fan of, as Charles will tell you, but these things have to be done. Sometimes we just have to get on and do things that we don't necessarily want to do. It's not for me necessarily the ladder that's a problem. It's I quite enjoy going to the top. I quite like looking out and seeing the scenery. But it's the falling off that I worry about. I've seen in my job people who've fallen off ladders and it stays there. And so it's the going up and the coming down part that I don't like. But, you know, if somebody's at the bottom, if somebody can hold it so it doesn't shake around, it makes it that little bit easier. And to a point, that's what it feels like when God sends us out to do something. We still have to do these tasks. God uses us in order to get his work done on this earth. And sometimes it's difficult and it's challenging. And in the middle of that journey, it can feel sometimes that actually I need help. And those challenges are the things that we then turn to God for. Some of you all know that I'm a doctor, but not everybody will know that I am the clinical lead for the adult neurodevelopmental services across Surrey and Hampshire. In setting that up from a place where we didn't have any um, services at all, it was a real challenge. I also run a specialist service for fetal alcohol syndrome. And I truly believe that God has put me on a journey where he wants to use my skills as a diagnostician to help a lot of people. Some of you have heard my testimony in this area before, but what I find challenging is those times where things aren't going right, where you're on your own, and it feels, I don't know where to turn. And it's in those times I've often turned to God and said, God, if this is what you want me to do, please help me. Show me the way forward. And in those occasions, that's what God has exactly done. Whether it's sending somebody to help me, who also quite often has been a Christian, or at other times, opening a door which solves the problem or a solution. At other times, it's just been a word that he sent that encourages me to keep going. And it's that way that God holds us and takes us through on this journey, using our skills in order to keep us going. And when things are difficult, that's when I think we all should turn to God. And like the ladder, we sometimes have to go up, but we know that God will be holding us as we go on that journey.
and we're really grateful that the numbers remain relatively low. Um, there is COVID-19 in Chad, um, but yeah, not to the extent that it is here in the UK. And so that's been a real blessing because the healthcare system just would not cope with uh, massive amounts of patients with uh, coronavirus. Um, so we're really grateful for that. For the Chadian people, um, unfortunately, malaria has been far bigger concern for them than COVID has this year, as it is every year during rainy season. Um, so rainy season is from May until October, so we're just getting to the end of it now, um, and that's when malaria cases spike. Uh, so malaria has been really far bigger concern than, than COVID-19 has really for your average Chadian. In terms of uh, the hospital at Guinea-Bore 2, we continue to temperature screen people as they come in the doors and um, keep an eye out for potential cases. But there's so many other illnesses in Chad that could be um, COVID-19. Sometimes it's hard to tell, but uh, in reality, um, the numbers of suspect COVID-19 patients has been really low. The knock-on effect of uh, COVID-19 on the hospital has really been on in terms of um, supplies. Um, so the air border with into Chad um, is now open as of beginning of August, um, but the land borders are still officially shut. Um, and Chad gets a lot of supplies in through the border from Cameroon. Um, and Jemena is right on the border with Cameroon, actually. Um, and because that border um, is not open, things like gloves um, and other um, consumables that the hospital needs um, haven't been able to come in over the border. Um, and so therefore they have become really scarce and the price has hiked up dramatically. Um, so now for a box of gloves, latex gloves that usually cost four or five pounds for a box of a hundred, it now costs more like nine or ten pounds for a box. Um, so that's having a massive knock-on effect to the hospitals um, functioning financially. Um, so that's kind of where we're seeing the effects of COVID-19 really at the hospital. That and also the fact that patient numbers re reduced right at the start of COVID, um, probably out of fear, um, but then also because of rainy season and people not physically being able to get to the hospital. So that then had a knock-on effect to um, the general finances. So that's a, a bit of an update in terms of coronavirus at Guinea-Bore 2. Thank you so much um, for your ongoing support and prayers of both me personally, uh, the other mission workers at the hospital and also um, for the hospital itself. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So we come to that part of our morning worship where we bring the needs of the wider world to God and ask him to intervene. What you'll listen to the news and we're confronted with so many needs. I've just jotted down a few. So let's bring them to God right now. Loving God, we live in a world that's hurting in so many ways. We ask that you will give strength to those who are looking after those suffering from the COVID-19 pandemic. Keep them safe and give them the strength that they need to cope as they're at the sharp end of the problem. And for those sufferers, we ask that they may know your presence and your strength and we ask for their healing too. And then, Father, the world seems to find it so much easier to hate rather than to love. So we bring to you those suffering from the effects of conflict. 
the refugees and those that are working with them in the camps. Help them to know the best way of bringing help to those in such desperate need. And for those suffering from, for their faith around the world, we ask that you will make your presence real to them and keep them strong. The news media and cameras may move on, but the needs remain. So we ask, Father God, that you will help the folk in Lebanon as they have to cope both with the huge influx of refugees and the aftermath of the explosion in the port. Guide their government, that they will be wise and fair in all their dealings. And thank you too for the news from Sat7 TV that the young people of that city are on their own initiative going out and clearing up the aftermath of the explosion. Father, we thank you for their initiative and ask that you will strengthen them too. And then finally, loving God, we ask that you will guide our government, that they may look to you for wisdom in dealing with the many issues with which they are confronted at the moment. Guide them with your wisdom, for all things are open to you. And help us too, Father, to be considerate to those around us, that we may be able to help those in need. And help us to protect the vulnerable by the way that we live. And may we too, in this time of lockdown, Listen to what it is that you are trying to say to us. Father God, we ask all these things in the name of our Saviour Jesus. Amen. Our next song is one that I've always enjoyed singing. And it's the words that we try and live to, but isn't always easy in this day and age. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart bless your name. May the deeds of the day and the truth in my way speak of you, speak of you, Jesus. Will you be my vision? Will you be my light? Will you guide my way? For it is not riches, it is not praises, but only to do your will on this earth that we live. And I am glad to do it, Lord. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart bless your name. Let's sing.
But, brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one will be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. But Timothy has just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all of the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you'll be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. We come to our last song before Tim comes to his preach for us. I've been saying let's sing before each song that we've sung and I would encourage everybody to keep singing. It's difficult when we're not all together and I will admit that I don't always sing along to everything but hopefully this one is something that will encourage you to sing not just because it's a tune we all know but it's a song with amazing words for it is in Christ that our hope is found. For he is my strength, he is my shield, he is my cornerstone. He is the solid ground that guides me, that sends me out, that holds me. Firm in the deepest drought and storm, and through the heights of love and depths of peace, he is the one I turn to. Let us sing in Christ alone.
synergy. It's that elusive and powerful something which happens when the different elements come together in a way which means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. You know, sometimes when people collaborate, they strike sparks off each other. Their cooperation results in a creative energy, which means they end up achieving far more together than they ever could by themselves. As a lifelong fan of the Beatles, I think that Lennon and McCartney had this kind of synergy that enabled them to write brilliant music when they worked together. Some people think that synergy plays a vital part in the development of human identity. At one level, what goes on in our brains is entirely explicable in terms of biochemistry. But emergence theory says that when all these different chemical reactions and electrical energy combine together, there is a kind of synergy that produces human consciousness. And the outcome of that is we're not puppets controlled by our selfish genes. Our sense of consciousness is not an illusion. We are genuinely free agents capable of independent thought and action. That's synergy at work in a big way. I think Jesus was probably into synergy as well. That's why he talked about there being an extra power where two or three people gather in his name and join together to pray with a common focus and desire. He doesn't tell us how that works. Don't ask me to try and explain it. But it could be another example of synergy. Cooperation in prayer somehow creates and releases an energy and power that is greater than if we're just praying by ourselves. Now this word synergy comes from the Greek word synergos, which means co-worker. And that's how Paul describes Timothy in 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 2. We can sometimes mistakenly think of Paul as some kind of apostolic lone ranger, a pioneer who single-handedly brought the gospel to a non-Jewish audience in Turkey and Greece as he travelled from town to town planting new churches. But when you look at all the co-workers he mentions in his letters, you realise how much he relied on the synergy that came from his partnership with all these other people. It's quite wrong to place the spotlight just on him. So we read about Priscilla and Aquila, Urbanus, Timothy, Titus, Epaphroditus, Clement, Jesus called Justus, Philemon, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke. That's 13 names. I wonder how many of them you didn't recognise. These were Paul's fellow workers and everything he did was only made possible by the synergy that came out of their cooperation. Paul was a team player. Let's think about Timothy for a moment. Paul met him in Lystra, recruited him to the team. Timothy crossed with Paul into Macedonia and was with him in Philippi, Thessalonica and Berea. And after Paul had to leave Berea in a hurry for his own safety, Timothy stayed on behind in that town. Paul moves on to Athens and tells Timothy to join him there as soon as possible, but he's so worried about what's happening in Thessalonica that he sends Timothy back to see how they're doing. Paul had actually longed to go there in person, but he felt that Satan was interfering with his plans, so his best option was to send Timothy in his place as his trusted representative. And by the, by the time Timothy's done the round trip to Thessalonica, Paul has moved on to Corinth. And it's while he's there that Timothy tracks him down and sets his mind at rest about how the Christians in Thessalonica are doing. And together, they write what we now know as Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Then, they all leave Corinth from Ephesus, and from there, Paul sends Timothy back to Macedonia, and then back further to the Christians in Corinth to vouch for him, 
because his relationship with them was going through a rocky patch. And we know this was going to be a tough assignment because Paul tell the, tells the Corinthians not to give Timothy a hard time to make sure he has no reason to be afraid of coming to see them. It gives you an indication of how bad things were and of how much Paul trusted Timothy to send him to deal with a fraught situation like that. They're all reunited in Troas and later when he's in prison, Paul tells the Philippians that he wants to send Timothy to them and that he has no one else like him, someone who takes a genuine interest in their well-being. Timothy has worked alongside Paul like a son with his father. So Timothy's mentioned as co-author with Paul in letters to Thessalonica, Corinth, Philippi, Colossae and Philemon. And we have two letters from Paul addressed to Timothy, giving him advice about how to deal with the church at Ephesus. Timothy isn't just Paul's co-worker. On occasion, he's Paul's right-hand man. Yet in 1 Thessalonians 3, Paul describes Timothy not as his co-worker, but as God's co-worker. And elsewhere, Paul talks about himself that way too. He didn't just work in partnership with a team of others. He also felt that in his own ministry, he was cooperating with God, working in partnership with the Almighty, if you like. That could come across to us as a bit arrogant, but it's not how Paul saw it. He compared his work in the churches to that of a gardener working the soil. He might plant seeds, somebody else might water them, but any growth, well, that could only come from God. So, if Timothy was God's fellow worker, does that mean there was some kind of synergy when Timothy and God worked together? Well, as far as Timothy was concerned, his work among the churches was only effective to the extent that God was working in him and through him. But did God experience some kind of synergy when he worked with Timothy? Well, of course, God didn't actually need Timothy at all. God isn't dependent on any single one of us. However much we might sometimes mistakenly think that we are somehow indispensable to the Almighty. But nevertheless, it is true to say that when it comes to making the good news of Jesus Christ known, God chooses to work in and through us as his people. He's committed to working in partnership with us because everything he does is relational. We are the body of Christ. Teresa of Avila said that Christ has no hands but ours. So if we sit on our hands and do nothing, then we can limit God's ability to work with us and through us. And in fact, here in Horsham, or wherever in the world it is that you're watching this message, God wants your help and cooperation to achieve his purposes. Maybe he could do it without you, but he chooses not to, because he wants you to experience that synergy that comes from doing God's work in partnership with him. Now, Timothy's mission was to work alongside God in making known the good news about Jesus, spreading the gospel of Christ, is how the New International Version puts it. So yes, you are one of God's key workers, and he has good news for your friends, your family, and your neighbours, and he wants you to be the one to let them know. That can scare, sound more than a little bit scary, and that's why I'm looking forward to John and Michael leading some equipped sessions at Brighton Road on how it is that we share the gospel. And we should have been doing those sessions already now in November, but lockdown in England means that we're holding them over to the new year. But yes, God calls you to work alongside him in sharing the good news of Jesus. And when we hold them, those sessions will be just one of the ways in which he will train, equip and resource you to do just that. But in the meantime, there's other stuff we can do. 
Paul says that he's sending Timothy, God's fellow worker in the gospel, to the Christians in Thessalonica to strengthen and encourage them in their faith, to get them on their feet again, to give them hope. And for us, two-thirds of the way through lockdown, at the start of what looks like it could be a really grim winter, people are going to need a huge amount of emotional and mental resources to make it through the coming months intact. And it's on God's heart to give them the strength and the courage and the faith that they need. And he's asking you to work with him to bring that about. And what he asks is at the start of each day that you clock on with a prayer. Lord, how can I encourage, support and help the people I meet today? Lord, who is it? that you want me to encourage, support and help today? And how do you want me to go about that? It may not involve telling them about Jesus at this point in time, but if this week your contact with someone brings light and love and courage and faith and hope into their lives, then make no mistake about it, you are one of God's fellow workers. And the difference you make to them? Well, that's the synergy that comes from God, from working with him.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. written on 